By the way, that's the thing with LA. Like, I think the one, the trapping you have to be careful of is it is really easy to find yourself in a circle of people who are all, all we, this is what we do. And so I find I constantly need to like double check and make sure that I'm thinking about the fact that there is like life beyond just the industry. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Hustle Podcast, where we bring you the stories and struggles of artists climbing the ladder of success and how they survive the city of dreams, Los Angeles. My name is Daniel and I'll be your host for this show, as always. Along with me is our good producer, Michael. Hello everyone, very glad to be back. Welcome to... What? Episode 2? Yeah, welcome to Episode 2, Act 2 of our interview series with the wonderful Kurt Mega. Uh, What you'll be hearing here is Kurt talking about the energy of LA, uh, casting agents, Dallas, so many other topics, along with myself and Michael. Uh, It's going to be fantastic. But first, I just want to remind everybody that we have a contest going on right now. That if you go onto our iTunes, uh, our iTunes, you leave us a five star review. Doesn't have to be five star, but leave us a review. And then next week, uh, when we start a regular scheduling of episodes, we will pick one person to win a wonderful prize pack of iTunes swag. Exactly, uh, Michael. What will they win? So uh, winners will win a winners will win. That's true. They exactly. Um, no, uh, you'll win a twenty five dollar gift card to iTunes. You'll also win a signed uh, 8x10 photograph of uh, a shot that Eric Carroll took of Daniel and I during our marketing campaign for Hollywood Hustle. And then they're also going to get a spot on our homepage. Uh, if you're an actor, uh, you know, writer, artist, or you own a business, or you own a business, we will include you on our homepage of our website, hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. Uh, we'll uh, have links to your work. Uh, we'll include any headshots that you may have, as well as a nice little blurb about your own artistic journey. Absolutely. And we want to thank everyone that's already left reviews. Uh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. So Act 2 is a little different from Act 1, and will always be. Act 2, like I said before, is a roundtable discussion. Uh, Michael will join in. So it will be Michael, myself, and Kurt. And pretty much this is just an open conversation about several different topics that Michael and I came up with that fit the uh, interview. In this case, uh, Kurt Mega and ourselves. We talk about L.A. We talk about the industry. We talk about the craft. But it's also more of a free uh, an open uh, discussion. There's not specific things where we have to talk about this. We we just see where the conversation goes. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to touch on a lot of things that you might have questions about, that you might have questions for Kurt about. And without further ado, our roundtable discussion I with Kurt Mega. I'll just go with it. The very first time I saw you all right, welcome back. We are still here with Mr. Kurt Mega. Oh, yeah. Uh, you may know him from his uh, stint on Glee, uh, buffering as uh, Ben Little. He was also in a wonderful play here in L.A. called Spies Are Forever as Agent Kurt Mega. Agent uh, Kurt Mega. You can go on iTunes and buy the DVD at Tingan Brothers, all that fun stuff. Uh, we're also joined by the man who taught Tommy Wiseau how to act, Mr. Michael Lutheran. Oh, hey, Daniel. <laughs> Dude, I just, for the first time, showed that to, like, some friends of mine who had never seen The Room. Yeah. 
And I still haven't seen it. I'll oh, be honest. Oh, it's just, I, I want to be there when you watch it. <laughs> I've heard. I want to see the James Franco film that's about. Oh, I, yeah, I the can't wait. I heard room. it debuted at South by Southwest. Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Already, so they already wrapped up. Yeah, everything. it's yeah. the Franco they brothers. They got really They're good reviews. Fans. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. <laughs> this is the strangest, bizarre film. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've my improv troupe used to go every Halloween to see it, but I never was able to go when they would go. It's funny because like when it when it starts, you're like, oh, this is not that bad. And it descend, and I don't know, I don't know how they made. It's like it's amazing how. Yeah, I There's a yeah, book well, written about how b- bad just making it. I was. think in viewing it though, you have to stress to the person who hasn't seen it that it was originally supposed to be this dramatic film. Like, there's my favorite scene in the entire movie. There's this moment where a character, the main guy, walks into a flower shop. <laughs> Oh, you're oh, yeah, my favorite customer. <laughs> and it's just ADR. <laughs> and the creative decision that went into he goes, oh, hey there. And he goes, oh, hey there, you're, you're here. And he goes, you're my favorite customer. I know. And it's just like they filmed the scene. And then somebody went into post and was like, yeah, we should add this to it. It's, the, it's, it's crazy. It, it is really bizarre. Um, please tell me you've seen The Birds, uh, a horrible film. That was filmed here in uh, in California. Which one? It's oh uh, okay. Now of course I've lost the name of it. Um, it's a, it's basically this guy's tr- tribute to the birds, and like <laughs> it's so bad. He uses a CGI bird, and it's the same bird yeah. in the same they, motion. And they literally when they they fly around when they come at you, they play the sound effect is of like a kamikaze bomber and the birds explode that's amazing it is if you oh my god i wish I, i'll have to look it up and find the name for you that's amazing but it is the acting is just as good as the room um he the, like there's one point where there's a conversation with him and the girl that he really likes and he's talking on the phone she's like do you want to go to that uh um taiwanese restaurant or something like that and she's like yeah and they hang up don't say the address don't say what and they don't know each other so they don't know like their favorite taiwanese restaurant or anything and it's just like Oh my god! It That's is, funny. There's some great CGI in it, and just that's funny. I feel like uh, I said earlier, say yes to everything, but don't say yes to the room too. Like if you get a chance to be in it, like I wouldn't do that. It's oh my god! It is. There's like there's supposed to be this kind of like climate change type message in it. That's like oh, it, like the whole movie. You're like if you didn't get it yet, there's a guy that literally comes out of the woods and. Preaches. <laughs> he shoehorns it into the film. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Um, so, anyways, so let's talk about L.A., the city of angels, Los Angeles, Los Dodgers, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. The, Los Angeles. You know, I don't. None of us are from Los Angeles. Mm. We're all brought here because mm. we're all creative, absolutely individuals. So let's talk about Los Angeles as a creative destination. Yeah. It, is it a place that inspires creativity mm-hmm. or? Does it hinder it? Or does it hinder it? By its sheer isolation <laughs> and de- No, but like, it's it's tough. It's like, on the surface, it feels like it doesn't. On the surface, it feels like it rejects people unless you're like in. But I find that there is an underbelly, there is like an underground community of people who are like, well, if we can't get in that way, we'll make it on our own. And I find that to be incredibly inspiring in a way that Dallas, even being from Dallas and be, uh, loving the people there, I would try to spearhead projects there all the time. I'd be like, oh, we should get together and do something. And like people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody would ever do it. Nobody. So I'm not like, it's not a slide on Dallas, but just like here, people are like hungry and desperate and like, 
go, let's do it. Not just desperate, but like people here have come here because they really love what they do and want to do it. So and I find that incredible. Everyone's trying to find yeah. that yes, that moment yeah. that you were talking in the yeah. previous episode of saying yes. Right. That opportunity that you're saying yes to could be that thing. Well, I think also you you know you talked about like with Dallas to me there was always like you talked in the last episode that it was all industrial videos, right? And it was for some big company, like JC Penney, things like that. Where you know, like I said, talking to Mike about you guys doing buffering was always like, why can't I find people here that are like just hungry to make something? And then on the other side, people willing to help us make that thing. That's not just like, oh well, I live in Plano and I'm working on my own. Right. thing right now but right. I, I, you know it, maybe someday we can work together so like i mean to answer your question like i think it does inspire creativity sometimes because of how tough it is mm-hmm. but but i find the creativity here versus i don't know like i've even had friends of mine who live in new york who will kind of go like you guys just get together and do stuff and it's like yeah we have to that's the only way we can do the things that we love doing you know and so i find that people's desire to like make it on their own here is pretty cool yeah. Absolutely. I think there's also this element of Los Angeles where I don't know how it happened, but we somehow think that I'm not allowed to ask. Right. Sometimes it's just about reaching out to the person right. across from you and just saying, hey, I'm really interested in this. Well, Would you be able to help me? Well, that, right. that's, that's to me, that, that's funny you say, because when I when I was planning on moving out here, I asked a teacher that I really admired as, a, as an actress and, and a friend, and I was like, and she used to live here, and I was like, "Is there any tips right. for me? Because I'm about to move out there." And she goes, "Ask, right? Ask if yeah. they want to be in your thing. Ask if they can help you. Right? Ask if they have an agent they can introduce you to. Ask at. Do not be afraid to ask. Right? And I think here, but again, you, like you said, there's this weird feeling of like, I don't want to be a bother. I right. don't want to be annoying. And I yeah. feel that too. There's times where I'm like, I, I feel like I'm me being too. the most annoying person in the world. Even like I'm always, I'm always, getting people on this podcast, I'm like, I feel like I'm texting you way too much and I'm texting someone, you know, like. It's always like, yeah, I feel that way too with even my podcast of like, uh, do you want to do an episode? But the cool thing was after I started doing it, I've, I've had multiple people literally in passing be like, hey, I'd love to do your podcast. And it's like, I don't know why I was so scared to ask people because like. Four months ago, I was like, oh, my God, nobody's going to do it. And Dad, you can't be on my yeah. podcast. <laughs> but, like, I literally was scared to text people. And then, like, now people are like, oh, by the way, I'd love to do an episode if you need anybody. And I'm like, really? Right. So, yeah, once they know that you have something, they obviously mm, have their own thing that they're trying to plan out. And this could be – I mean, again, I feel like I'm saying things that sometimes can sound a little narcissistic and selfish. But to me, too, it's like you got to create value for yourself. When you create something – that is uh has worth and has value whether it's you know because of uh you know whether it's like recognition or whatever suddenly people want to work with you yeah yeah you know and it's that's 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 a cool that's a cool thing i mean it's and i i don't say that in a, like a i guess like i guess that can sound kind of dirty but it's like it's kind of part of the process well, i'm going to i'm going to say this if you have a good idea right i think on top of that like which comes from you like you you with story matters you you have this epiphany that Story matters. Right. I, if people, like, you don't, I don't go to a movie just to see people talking. I want to see what the story is. Now, it may not be the, you know, Schindler's List, the, the pianist, like, height of story, but it could be just a fun right. story. And that's kind of like, I think I had the same reaction. I think Michael did too when we started talking about um, the show and we told people what the show was. You feel the same thing. I think we got the, probably the same reaction you would get where, right. like, wow, that's, 
that's a really cool idea. Right. I, if you ever need anybody, I'd love to be on. And then, you know, if people that we've reached out to that may from through other people that have, you know, hooked us up that we don't know, they're like, Hey, we're doing this podcast. This is what it is. Right. This is who I am. This is who Michael is. And then the response was like, yeah, that's not, I mean, I've reached out to people who I just saw on Instagram were super creative and doing creative things. And I've reached out to them like, Hey, uh, I would love to schedule you for this podcast. And I mean, I, I've, I've found that to be the best thing ever. It's like with, with doing buffering, with doing story matters, whatever, even the guys, the tanking brothers asking us to do spies. Like anytime you're inviting somebody into your creative thing, people usually are like, yeah. Oh, and absolutely. And you were earlier talking about there are, there's a large community in Los Angeles that aren't involved with the arts and entertainment industry, <laughs> but that's not to say that they're not interested and so I've spoken with many people who aren't actors, who aren't creatives, but they've always wondered, well, how do you make it? How does it happen? And this, for us at least, you mm-hmm. and I, Daniel, this is our chance to kind of show what's happening yeah. behind the curtain. It's, it's some of the best feedback I've gotten on Story Matters that has meant the most to me. Was it my review? It was, it was your review. review. <laughs> that's actually, I literally deleted every other review. <laughs> you know that's not good for your... <laughs> the whole website is just that. <laughs> It's like just Daniel. It's like thumbnails over and over. Picture of me that you took without me knowing. Like, <laughs> but I got some really wonderful reviews from people who are uh, literally would write and say like, "Hey, I am not an actor. I am a like." I had somebody write me recently. They were like, "I'm finishing up my like uh, degree in anthropology and I'm doing my thesis or whatever." But like going, uh, hearing about artists talk about their process, even though I'm not a quote unquote artist has really inspired me because I just love stories. And honestly, that kind of meant more to me sometimes than somebody who's like, yeah, I'm an actor and I liked it versus like somebody from a different perspective entirely going, really yeah. cool. I really got something out of that. And that's, by the way, that's the, the thing with LA. Like I think the one, the trapping you have to be careful of is it is really easy to find yourself in a circle of people who are all, all we, this is what we do. And so I find I constantly need to like, double check and make sure that I'm thinking about the fact that there is like life beyond just the industry. Cause it's like, if you're an artist and you get the chance to have a creative platform and you, all you've ever done ever is think about your, your career. Like, what do you have to say to reach out to somebody who lives in like Indiana and works at like a mill? Like, what do you have to say to connect to them? If you're not being empathetic and thinking about people beyond just like the circle of like industry, acting industry absolutely well there's also so much of your life in this city that is not doing the thing that you came here for yeah most of your life as an actor i'm not acting every single day i'm working hard at it and i'm trying to get there but you have to make sure that you're filling that creative well and you're just living your life and doing the things that you want to do this is our life now and i feel like that's the biggest thing i've learned out here a mental health balance of like i made the mistake like I can totally go, yep, that was not a good way to live where I let, that was kind of why I wrote the the hashtag bless series on my podcast. It's like series of stories about Glee because I really let like my career take over and it really crushed me when things didn't happen the way I thought it would. And it's like, oh, I had a wrong balance here because as much as I want to be successful and I want to, I want to be on a series, I want to be in a sitcom. I wanted to, these are things that I want to do, but like can you be content if those things never happen? And there's a chance that that may never happen. Like there is a good chance just strictly. I'm not, I'm not saying like whether I believe in myself or not, just purely by the numbers that I will never be the lead in a sitcom. I can see that. 
<laughs> I have some notes for you. But, Thanks for coming on the show. Wait, where are you going? <laughs> but at the same time, I need to like be okay with that. If I'm not enjoying my life now, like, what am I doing? You know, if I'm not, if I'm not as an artist, can't use the platform I currently have, then like, I probably don't deserve a bigger platform. Well, I think to go to the second part about like, how does it hinder you? Um, you know, we kind of talked about how great it is that you you're in a pool of creativity. I mean, creative energy and people that want to be creative, no matter what else they're doing, whether they're working at a doctor's office or teaching or working at you know a restaurant company. Um, but I think the hindrance also is you're in a pool of creative people where. Like I think you mentioned in the previous episode, you see people who are doing things you want to do. Mm-hmm. You're seeing people get opportunities because they were at this one spot that you weren't at at right. this right time. Mm-hmm. And comparison. and I think the the comparison and the you becoming your own right. hindrance, I think it hinders you because of the pressures you put yourself on because of that flood and that, that, that sea of things you see people doing. I have friends who I'm so happy for them and I'm so excited for the things they're doing. There's always that small part of me just somewhere for a moment that's like, you son of a... Right. Like, why, are you, why do you get to do this and I don't? What well, and you even, do, even you know? in, in maybe a step beyond that, I have enemies. <laughs> <laughs> not enemies, but I have people that I really have encountered that I have not connected with and maybe very strongly opposed uh, from a just a, like... Pose? Foes? <laughs> Pose. Just like from how I feel about how they live their life. Uh... uh that sounds like I'm imposing myself, but like I like strongly disagree with like what the kinds of things that they value and to watch them get opportunities and you go, they don't care. Like if you only knew what they actually value, like, and so it's hard because then you go like, uh, you start to put self-worth in that. And I think the problem too, and I think is the biggest thing I've noticed recently with the YouTube culture, with social media, with this constant, like being in a pool of creative people is like this, let me just be creative out of out of like a desperation for attention, which is a really dangerous place to create from. And I literally see people, they make videos and they're like, I'll do anything you want. I'll, I'll do sketch comedy. I'll do improv. I'll do uh, vlogs. I'll do. And you're like, well, slow down. Like do it because you, you feel like you have something to share. But if you're just like, somebody notice me then everybody is trying so hard to shout louder than the other person. And I was about to say one-upping each other, I think is one of the also worst things because it's kind of like, you don't appreciate what someone else is doing because like, even like social media, somebody tweets a joke, then somebody else feels like, Oh, I can reply with a better joke. And then somebody else like, Oh, I can reply with a better joke. And it's like, okay, now you're just losing the whole thing and taking, taking away from this person who, whatever they have, you know, they have their moment and taking away from it, you know, I've gotten in, I've got, I think I've made people mad before, but I, I really hate the word content as it relates to like creating things. And, and I've said this and people are like, why, like, why are you like deal with just like, don't be a jerk, like whatever. (laughs) But I was like, the reason I hate the word is it, it feels like this, uh, I don't know. I feel like an old man, but like things like Snapchat or Instagram story or whatever, as a creative platform are literally disposable. Like they're literally made to be disposed of. And so there's this like, then like pressure to just, just put something out there. Don't even think about it. Makes it, it generic. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and not like, specific, not specific. It's like, here's a thing to occupy. It's not even like, there's no reason for it. And so the content, the word itself is the most vague generic term. So when you go, I'm creating content, like, what does that even mean? It's got like, such a cold connotation. Yeah. Kind of like the scientific process. Yeah, like it's to me like the difference between like preparing a meal and like 
spending time like with the presentation and the flavors and like thinking about you know the um, like all these things and like having having a group of people sit down to a meal and like presenting them with a dish and saying I made this for you versus just like throwing out bags of just like you know soylent green or something like just like just consume consume and so I'm probably suffering analytically like from a lack of like downloads or views or whatever because I really have shied away from playing the like content game but at the same time I hope that the stuff that I've made people at least has more value to them now, maybe I, um, <laughs> maybe <come> not <laughs> uh, going again you're from Dallas I'm from Dallas uh, Michael's from Vacaville which sounds like it could be in Dallas it's just, yeah, it, could, <laughs> it could be a suburb of Dallas like Mesquite um, so let's talk about outside of the creative zone just living in, in Dallas or living in Vacaville or you know compared to living in LA um, I'll say one of the things it, it, the biggest most important thing is food uh uh, queso fondudo or fondido is not queso. Taco cabana. <laughs> oh, I miss it so much. You just say taco cabana and just my mouth is um, Is there a food place in, in Vacaville that's not here? That's maybe a chain around that Vacaville no-cal area that's not in LA that you love? Yes. The Nugget. It is... Okay, this, okay a food place, not strip club. No, no. This is actu- <laughs> it's actually a grocery store. Uh, there, there's one located in Vacaville, Davis, Sacramento. It's specifically Solano and Yolo County specific. And you only live once county. Exactly, <laughs> and that's where it's UC exactly Davis is located. Thinking. Yolo. That Yolo must be county. a scary place to go to. People just extreme all, all time, all time, every day <laughs> in Cowtown. Must live to the fullest. But yeah, no. There's the Nugget, which is this great place that's connected to the farms uh in that region mm-hmm. and the food is just phenomenal you get a sandwich there and mm-hmm. you are set for the day mm-hmm. i really miss the <laughs> this is me like literally when i land in texas my the first thing i do like a family forget them friends <laughs> no not worth it taco cabana yeah, like it's literally tortillas, like queso tacos i'll go far out of my way mm-hmm. and people are like i'm driving with like where are you going and i'm like just I need this. Yeah. No, I, we, we, my wife and I, we have a checklist of food places like that Whataburger. Like we know like Monday for lunch, we're getting a Whataburger. Right. If, if there was a Whataburger here and I truly believe this, and if you're listening and you live in LA and you love it out, I am so sorry. Uh, but In-N-Out, why? Would destroy why? In-N-Out can I just, in a second. Can we just pick a beef with In-N-Out? Sure. Well, unless unless I'll, I'll be on the side of In-N-Out because I've never had Waterburger. Is it, unless is it, is I, it, is unless it a frozen I, beef thing? Well, unless I book an In-N-Out commercial, in which case it's the best burger <laughs> ever if, had. If, if the casting... But until I book a commercial for In-N-Out, I don't get it. It's not that good to me. I go, this is like fine. It's a burger. Like it's weird. It's fine. But like people are like In-N-Out. I've even had people from Texas are like, oh, you have In-N-Out there. And I'm like, you live in Dallas. You have the best burgers ever. Ever? What are you talking about? Like In and Out's fine. <laughs> and no, exactly. And it's it, fine. Even in Los Angeles, there's so many other like there's Umami Burger. There's all these other places yeah, known for Stout. burgers. Ooh. And you choose to go to In and Out. If you've been to Stout, I will say yes. talking about LA. Yeah. Stout. Oh, Stout. Is that that good? It's like a place where they pair. Uh, it may not be LA only. I don't know. I, I I'm not quite certain. I don't know if it's I've LA never, specific. I've only seen it in LA, but yeah, like I've seen they, it. I think I've seen it. They pair like burger and like beer it. pairings, and it's just outstanding. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of good food here. I will say the big thing I love about LA food is Thai food. Like, not not one of my 
uh, top. Really? I love Thai food, and no place I've ever been can hold a candle to L.A. Thai food. What's your favorite Thai food? Uh, my go-to place. is uh, place <laughs> or, or, or just in general. My go-to is uh, uh, Pad Siu. Mm-hmm. There's an amazing place uh, uh, called Galatai, which is a high, highly recommend in North Hollywood. Oh, it's so good! It's great. So I love uh, pumpkin curry myself. So we'll just pause a second so you can go get a f- some food because uh, I'm sure it's on your mind right now. Also, food trucks. That's like a very <laughs> oh, LA man. thing. But you know what's funny is when we moved out here. Food trucks started growing yeah. in Dallas, and we're like, we're—I mean, we're so glad we're here in the, especially in the food sense, because things start here. This is where they try things, pop ups, and and food trucks. So like, even it's like, super exciting. I didn't realize this too, but back, like, jumping back to like theater musicals, I didn't realize like L.A. is a place that they will workshop and try out a lot of shows before they go to New York. Oh, really? Oh, and, and growing up in theater, I never knew that. I always thought New York, New York, but like. Wicked workshopped out here. Boy from Oz well, workshopped out Chicago, here. Were, I know Chicago is a big workshop place, so I didn't. Right. Know, I didn't know Wicked, LA was. Yeah, a big they workshop. do. They'll, and and pretty much any Broadway show will hold auditions in LA. I've auditioned for many Broadway shows at Screenland Studios in Burbank, which is a little studio. Yep. Yeah, and like you go, this is the Broadway audition for. I auditioned Jersey Boys. for uh, Rocky the musical. Yeah. That they're looking to take. Yeah. To Broadway. Yeah. And, but it starts in Los Angeles. Yeah. So it's really like pretty cool opportunity if you do theater like there is opportunity to at least still be considered for things sorry I'll you, doubling back between no, food, but. i'll tell you one thing that is i think the same uh and I, I don't know the creative space in vacaville um unfortunately <laughs> uh but i think one thing that is the same as dallas and la and probably vacaville is uh i'm looking for someone to be in my uh film uh, uh 20s to 30s good looking male uh no pay uh working for uh four months uh, won't you get credit and meal? Uh, I think that's the same. I've seen that at Dallas and LA, right? Uh, continuously, the work for nothing, right? Um, what are what are your thoughts on the whole use working for nothing talent? I think it uh, has space? to be. I will work for nothing if it's somebody that I want to work with, and I feel like what I'm getting out of it is an opportunity or creative, like, uh, you know, like there's something new to be gained out of that experience, um. Although I can't really, it's I can't work for nothing now because I'm I'm both a member of Actors Equity and SAG AFTRA, um, which is nice. But at the same time, there's a lot of ways. It really bothers me when people in LA are like, "Oh yeah, we're doing a thing," and uh, you know, like, "Oh, you're SAG. Well, we'll just work under the table." It's really easy to hire SAG actors, especially for new media, with a little thing called SAG New Media, which is very easy to get signified and like become a signatory, and like it's easy to like hire SAG actors and then literally pay them nothing as long as you're kind of going through the, all the processes that would protect them if the thing ever makes money. Right. It's crazy to me how many people will be like, oh, we don't want to do that. It's too complicated. And I'm like, dude, Research. it's not complicated. Research. Yeah. And, and you know, recently I, somebody just told me because I know you have to, sometimes you have to have like insurance on set and stuff. And usually you think, oh my God, that's going to cost a ton of money to get insurance. I've recently, someone who's done small independent stuff told me like a few different places where you can get really cheap mm-hmm. insurance that they'll take to get a permit and things like that, that yeah. will cover people, but it's not a thousand dollars. Right. You know, well, so I, I guess what I find is the people that I'd be willing to work with for free, like care enough to like not take advantage of me. Whereas the people who like, let me write that down, you know, like, <laughs> but like, like literally like when I did spies are forever, you know, there wasn't, the budget was literally to get the show off the ground. Mm-hmm. And, it was just really, you know, none of us went into it being like, oh, we're going to make some money. It was all like, no, this is to get the show made. But then the Tin Can guys were so good about 
always, you know, including us on, you know, commission of sales of DVD sales of the iTunes thing, you know, sometimes I still get a check from them, you know, whatever. And so like, even though I didn't know of us got rich from that, I feel so respected by them because they, whatever they could, they included us in it. Uh, I mentioned this in my episode with Telly. He gave me, I remember he paid me to be in his concert that he like gave me a check and we were like, no, 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 don't pay us. And he was like, no, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. I want you to know, even though it's not much money that I value and I appreciate your time. So, you know, I'll work for free, but I think as a person who often is asking other people to do stuff, I want them, I have to give them one of two things. Either I have to actually pay them or I have to give them something that is of value to them. Maybe it's a Rick, a great scene and a great character that they haven't been able to do. And I'll do Sagna Media and defer it and make sure that they're cool with that ahead of time. You know, I, I feel for me, it's always been this idea that if it's like you said, if it's something interesting, um, something different I've never done, um, I think that's definitely something where I'd be like, yeah, let's let's give it a shot, let's do it. Uh, or you know, again, if the person is worth working with and seems cool, and it's like, oh yeah, this will be a fun thing to yeah. do. But I think on top of it also is for me is okay if I do this, am I disposable to this person, mm-hmm. or will this mean something to them mm-hmm. that I've offered my time, my whatever you want to call them, talents or whatever to do this thing for them for free, mm-hmm. um, do they appreciate right. that? And so this in the future, when maybe they have a budget for something to pay, well, not that they have to hand me a job, but they, will they remember me at least to call me and go, hey, we're having these auditions. I'd really love for you to come audition. You right. really helped me out last time. Definitely want you to come in for this. You know, I maybe Absolutely. Even, or I even wrote, put in a little role for you because I know you helped me out. You right. know, I think that's the important thing is, people remembering those people instead right. of, well, thanks. Right. And you look at all like troops, like, you know, UCB is a great example. Those were just like four friends that started doing improv together in Chicago who have continued to have each other's backs to this day. And all those people have been in all their TV shows, you know, all the UCB founders have been on Parks and Rec and like, you know, there's people like, you know, show up on V, like all of them have found success and are constantly working with each other and it's like that's the kind of community i want to foster where you, when you get an opportunity there's nothing cooler to me than being able to like call up your friend and say i got a job for you it's my 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 favorite thing in the in the role my, my day job now i also you know like i said I, I work and i teach and i produce a lot of short films and stuff my favorite thing is when i get to like hire somebody i love to be able to like call and like hire and say hey can i hire you for a week to like get do a job and they're like really and i'm like it, i love hiring people you know it's great well, I think it also it's, it's it's that great feeling of just like giving back, right? You know, and that just like, hey, I'm not, you've helped me out so much. I this least I can do. Absolutely, know, I will say the one thing I would really advise people who are thinking of moving here not to do is to be like, I'm gonna. I've seen people do this, and I guess it comes from a good place, but it's like, I'm only gonna work for my what I'm like. I'm gonna establish value for myself. And you're like, listen, establishing value for yourself is not just setting a rate for yourself because everybody here can say they charge X amount for whatever. You got to prove that you're worth it. <laughs> yeah, you got to have the talent to back it you up. Gotta, you got to be like, if you're going to charge a certain amount for your services, great. But like understand people will undercut you and understand that if somebody thinks they can get it for less, they will. So you have to reckon with that. You have to like go, okay, so what am I willing to work for? Uh, and I've, I've seen people... It it's it goes both ways. I've seen people be taken advantage of, and it's maddening. And I'm sure you guys have probably dealt with that. I know my my buddy Eric, who's a photographer, you guys know, has dealt with that a lot. He's a very skilled photographer, and people often are like, "Well, you'll do it for free, right? 
And it's like, no, I can't do that. I, this is a skill that I've worked to develop. But at the same time, I have, I've also reached out to people about like a thing and said, hey, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to hire you for this thing. And they'll be like, well, my rate's this. And I go, well, uh, I only have this. Would you, maybe if I made it a little bit? And they're like, no, I won't. And then cut to like that week and they're like, hey, uh, are you still... I need, and you're like, dude, I hired somebody else. <laughs> like, <laughs> it leaves a bad taste in your mouth too, because like we're friends. I feel like if I come to you and like, hey, I have this thing. Don't you just want to be creative? Like, I right. understand not wanting to do stuff for free all the time. I totally get that. There's right. times where people ask me to about writing scripts and stuff like that, and it, and I think it is that thing where you think, like, well, okay, who is this person? Do have I worked with them before? Do I know them? Are we right. close? And truth of the matter yeah. is, I think the key to successor is like, if you can do more with less, you will get hired. And like people could defy that and be like, that's wrong. And it's like, okay, but that's also how business works. So it's, it's show and business. So like if somebody's like, well, I could hire this guy and he's $5,000 and you're like, well, I can do it for three. <laughs> you got the job, dude. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I feel like that's scary advice to give because people might be like, are you saying to undervalue yourself? And I'm like, no, but I'm also saying like, if you're sitting home on the couch wondering why nobody's hiring you, like, I don't know. And, and you are getting offers and you're not taking them, maybe look into that. Yeah, I had an opportunity where it was a student film where I went in and there was a discussion and we were able, they were able to pitch to me the script and we had this great connection and they paid me what my rate was. But, you know, as that experience went on and I kept really enjoying their company and who just they were when they wanted to bring me on to the next thing. It, was, it didn't even become part of the discussion. We just started going and going and going until recently um, one of the brothers who went to this school and I've worked with and stuff, he was interning at BuzzFeed and one of their assignments was to produce a video. Right. And he was had a really tight budget and he wanted to pay me. And for me, it was like, no, you we've worked together so much now. Yeah. I'm just enjoying I, yeah. this collaboration. Well, yeah, it's like, now. you know, if, you know, Mike and Mike who made Buffering reaches out to me or, if, you know, you guys reach out to me or Eric are like, can you do this? I'm not going to be like, well, here's my rates guy. I'm like, no, of course. But at the same time, if I'm like approached by a more like corporate entity, well, I have a different kind of mentality of like, well, I don't know you and you just want a service from me. So like, okay, well, here's my rate. So I think, it's, I don't know, I think you really have to have both of those you need to like be able to juggle both. I find that people who are only like, I'm a professional, people go like, okay, well, Stand I can't afford it. you. I mean, I recently, this happened to me recently where I had, I was meeting with various people in a, for a specific like function of like a, a, somebody to, to work on a film set. And I met with several people who were like, you know, this is my rate. And I said, okay, well, you know, would you be down to do less work for a little less money? And they were like, no, I don't work for less than that. And I was like, okay. And as great as they were, like, I can't hire them. I don't have the money. <laughs> so as much as I'd love to, I'm like, I guess I'm more sympathetic now that I've been in the producer position. And not, it's not even my money. It's the money of other people that I'm in, tasked with handling. I go, I would love to pay you what you want. I don't have it. So in that case, now when I'm on the opposite end and somebody's saying, I don't have the money, if I trust them and I don't feel like they're just like lying to me, <laughs> I go, I'm a little more sympathetic to going like, well, what can you work with? You didn't you know? have money to pay me, but you could rent a Corvette? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
All you know. right, cool. By the way, I uh, you guys can send the check for this session. <laughs> every time I keep, uh, can leave it on my coffee wait. table. Every time I leave. text Kurt, hey, you want to do this film? You just text, here's my agent. <laughs> <laughs> um, something this kind of I got added today. I really uh, got into podcasting because of the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Do I have a, a story for you? Sick money, just <laughs> dope. Just pouring down from the heavens. It's somebody asked me recently, they were like, do you get paid per download? I was like, no. <laughs> you can pay nothing. No, no, I don't get paid at all. Like, I only pay money to put them. <laughs> I've lost money in this video. I've put, I mean, oh man, I don't know what you guys are using to host, but like, I mean, I, I've put way too much, I put way much, too much money in this. <laughs> Website hosting fees, like podcasting, is like a like a money sucking. It's a money pit. It's yeah. a, it's a money, until you, until I love it. Some crazy level of like unless you're Mark Marin or something. Yeah. Um, I added this today, so this was on the original agenda. Um, but ooh, good I read, topic. I read something today that really frustrated me. I got a, I got an email that was about a uh, pilot pitching workshop. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm a writer, and I was like, that sounds amazing. The guy has written for uh, Sons of Anarchy, Iron Fist, I mean, right. a ton of stuff. He's pitched shows and sold shows to HBO and Showtime, all this stuff. Awesome. I'm like, that would be amazing. I click on it. Oh, here's where you sign up. Here, five hundred thirteen dollars for three hours, one day a week was it for this five one? weeks. No, 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 no. It's a different thing. It's very similar. Sorry, we're all quiet. It, we're it's funny because like I also got a similar email about a six-week write your pilot workshop, and it is six hundred forty-nine. Yeah, my, my oh, five hundred thirteen dollars for six week for five weeks, three hours, one day a week, and I was like, who who has that? Like, if you're a struggling writer or actor, yeah, you probably have a full-time job, but it's not probably paying, especially in LA, enough writers have. $513 to throw around. Because the majority of your rent or your paycheck is going towards rent. Yes, yeah, going towards rent. Um, I have a child. Uh, you know, there's stuff like that that really hinders that. And so it really, it, it, and this is a discussion Michael and I have had before of how frustrating it feels to be in a town sometimes where they're like, well, what have you, where have you studied? Right. What have you done? Where, who's, who's, who's mentored you? Right. I was like, no one, because I can't pay for anybody to mentor me. Right. And there's also those pay to play casting agent workshops. Right. Um, Which know, is crazy because that, I mean, that I just came into the news very yeah. just, recently yeah. where, yeah, some people are actually been I'm, noticed for I'm that. somewhere on the fence with them because like, speaking of like casting workshops, I have taken quite a few casting workshops that were priced at a, a rate where I went, this is not ridiculous. You know, maybe it was 30 or $40 for a two or three hour session. And I would really research the casting directors and it was people that seemed very reputable that cast things. And I'd always go with the mentality of like, I'm here to learn and to find out what they're interested in and whatever. And I never assumed, oh, I'm going to get an audition from this. I think that's a big mistake was when actors are like, ooh, I'm going to pay whatever it takes. And this person is going to remember me. And you're like, well, they're, they're trying to make a paycheck. It's a tough thing as a as a working teacher and coach. Like I do get paid. That is part of what I do is I get paid to teach. But I think because I know uh, of how easy it is to get taken advantage of people, my like priority is to like give everything I have to impart. You know, like I'm like if you were in my class, I will give you. I will go 45 minutes over. I will like give you everything because I know how often people I think do pay money in hopes of just finding a way into something and people are just like take the check and are like sucker you know and 
it's tough. I mean, I don't know. I think that there are some really legitimate, like wonderful, like places to study and, and spend money and time at. I went through UC, all the UCB classes, one of the best things I've ever done. You know, I studied at the studio that I, you know, I currently work at some of the best training I've ever gotten. Um, but I've also seen things too, where you're like, pay thousand dollars to like, you know, do a casting director thing. And you go, I don't think that's worth your time or money. And they're probably not going to consider you. So yeah. Especially when it's something like you're going to get to be in the room for five minutes. Right. And you have a chance to maybe perform the copy once or twice. Right. Maybe a couple minutes for discussion. I mean, that ad- there's something where if you have time to actually speak with them and make a connection and build a relationship that you can then follow up with, right. that could eventually lead to maybe booking work later on. And I'll give you example. I'll give you example like how that helps. Like even when I worked on Code Black, it was a casting director that I had taken a workshop with like two years before. And I don't think he remembered me. I don't think I got called in because of that. But it was nice to walk in and go, oh, hey, Jason, it was nice to see you. I, I took your, your class. He's like, oh, my gosh, great to meet you. Good to see you again. And I remember you, the May 9th, 2014. <laughs> May 9th, you know, you know. so I go like that, you know, I, I've had those moments happen where it was just, it was it led to a more comfortable working environment because there was a sense of like, I've seen your work and I know what you're interested in. I know what draw, it would, I know what they were looking for fundamentally, but I never thought... I have a leg up now. I know that that has happened. I know that there has been some corruption, but there are some really wonderful casting directors out there who do offer just a wonderful, like tremendous amount of insight. Absolutely. You know? And, and it's I, also about research. Right. Of following up with them and not just going to any single casting mm-hmm. director. Right. You want to make sure that it's someone that maybe works on a show that you're interested in. Right. Or something like that. And, or knowing what you want out of the experience. Well, I think, I think you said, like if it was somebody going, hey, I'm going to do a three-hour course on a Saturday. It's $50. Come in, and by the end of it, you'll at least have some more ideas and thoughts about pitching. And we'll, the last 10 minutes, uh, we'll, we'll get together, and everybody can go through their pitches, and I'll critique them. I would pay that right. in a heartbeat right. over five-week course that costs $500 that I have to pay all at once, right. that I get the email three days before the thing is closed and I have, or if I don't get it in tomorrow, it's going to be filled. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's tough. It's like, I love education and I love learning things, but it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, there's always a business created around that. And so, you know, it's a tough thing. Although at the same time, like I, to this day, you know, I will get coaching for auditions and I think it's invaluable and I'll pay for that because I, 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 I respect the artist and the, coach's time who is spending time helping me but i only go the, the only person i coach with is somebody that i trust and value because i know they have given me tools that makes my work better that are really tangible and i try to do the same as a coach myself i try to go if you spend time with me you're going to get something out of it whether you choose to listen to me or not is up to you but i'm going to give you everything i can to to empower you so i just yeah, you have to do your research. It's tough, though. It's tough because this is a town that will uh, eat people up who don't know where to go, and it can. There's a whole industry ready to take advantage of that. And I'm, I don't mean the, the industry. I mean there is a separate, almost like 
like side part of the business that's like ready to take advantage of it. So you have to be smart and study and train at the right places. It's like when you get these like we're looking uh, agent emails when you're on like Actors Access and stuff like that, where it's like the Jam agency is really interested in you, and we cover. It and it's like then you you just go in and Google and go spam Jam agency, and it's like I I went to this thing and it's just a cattle call. And so I think it's the same thing. You right. just have to be really careful. And like you said, do your research. Yeah. Well, and earlier, Daniel, you brought up this point of... Why, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes, right. But, um, well, just going back to what, what you're looking for, I'll, I've been in this town for five years, and I hadn't taken a big acting class or anything like that. I kind of came in with this arrogant attitude like I just got my college degree from this university very (laughs) you know very good university and they're like oh oh your degree oh yes throw it in the fire so we can warm our hands (laughs) exactly and so this point don't care but this point though of you come to this town you have this degree but they want you to take classes here Mm -hmm. and while it can be frustrating to hear that I've also come to learn that it comes from a place of trust Mm -hmm. if you've been through this program I, as a casting director, know many people who are really talented that have come from that program. Right. So I can trust. And also, like, I, I know getting getting to work more closely with agents and managers and really understanding the art of what they do. You know, as an actor, sometimes I think it's easy to go, like, what are they doing for me? When when really the, the better question is, like, well, how can I, what can I give them? What's another thing I can give them to help me? A lot of times they see agents and managers who are like want so bad to to get their actors out there, but you know every time you you've done one more thing, oh, I just did a web series, I just took a class, or whatever. That's like one more thing for them to go. Great, that's something that I can use. Mm-hmm. You know, my client, uh, you know, is up for this new sitcom. Great, he's well, you know, not only is he funny, but uh, also he just finished studying a sitcom course. What like it, it gives it gives the actor just another piece, another tool to possibly, you know, for them to better represent you. So that can be helpful too. And and I'll say for those listening that are are planning on moving here, that live here now, there are tons of access to free workshops and things like that. So it's not always, I know SAG does free workshops all the time for uh, indie filming, um, where it's just advice from people that do it or that are are on the SAG board. Um, There's tons of networking and, I see it, I think, every day. Does anybody does anybody have a writing group near Burbank or near Pasadena or near that I can be a part of where we can just read each other's stuff and share thoughts? Uh, so there's other ways. If you don't have the money, which sometimes you will not, um, there's always, if, as long as you make the time, there's always places to go to to network, to learn from others who may have done, who may have some... You know, you may be in the same place you are, but they may have dialogue down on a script better than you, or they may understand being present in the moment. I found that to be so you, helpful you with know. not just creative, like acting things, but like even learning production. It's like there's always somebody who needs help making a website. Uh, hey, can I? I'll run Boom for you. And it's like, great, sure. There's always like ways to get involved. The internet's amazing. <laughs> there's always ways to learn. And so I think a lot of times when actors are like, well, you know, I'm waiting around for an opportunity, it's like, well, a lot of ways to give yourself advantages and not spend an arm and a leg. So it really comes down to like your willingness to educate yourself, which is tough when, like you said, you've moved here and you've been like, I've already learned it all. <laughs> but like being willing to accept that you don't know what you don't know and being willing to go. It's a huge step. Mm-hmm. The moment you can actually put your head down and say, I don't know. Right. Absolutely. It, it, and it takes 
people it, it can take years you know but it's a good thing to learn Absolutely. and especially if you're not here in LA right now and you're planning on coming if you can just accept that and I've, come, I've even, come to this town with yeah. an open mind I've even seen actors bucket like well, you know, like, I don't want to learn anything new. I want to just, I came here to act. I came here to do what I do and I want to be hired to act. That's what I came here to do. And you go, well, so did 50 million other people. <laughs> what are you doing to give yourself an advantage so you're not just like everyone else? And so did the thousand other people that left yesterday. Right. <laughs> and went back home. Yeah. So it's like, uh, give yourself other skills. Give yourself other other opportunities. Be diverse because... Maybe somebody's not looking for, you know, you to like your type as an actor, but then like turns out like you're great at doing revisions on a script. And it's like, oh my gosh, you do that? Well, what else? You like, it's like you don't know what could lead to it. So again, that's why like the theme of this has been say yes to everything. So long as you really feel like uh, you get something out of it, you know? And a lot of those opportunities will come from sometimes from people that you know or people that you're trying to build a relationship with. So maybe shifting this topic to relationships mm-hmm. in LA. There's the business relationships, the agents, managers, casting directors. There's you know the creative, the best friend who's a screenwriter, who's really good at developing script and story. And then there's also just the personal. Right. You know, your, uh, your partner. Right. Your friends that you can just be yourself around that is the thing people forget about and i think it's so needed here because like i said if you spend every day of your life making your life only about the business amy puller has says it in her book she says you got to treat your career like a bad boyfriend it won't call you back it won't be there for you it's sleeping with other people and everyone knows it it's not going to show up at your play on opening night and it's like if you don't foster real relationships and you like look to the business to like be your lover and your friend like Ooh, it's gonna let you down real hard. So you gotta like foster real relationship with people. Yeah, having a support group here in LA is probably one of the most important things because there's gonna be, as we talked about, I think in the last episode, there's gonna be times of doubt. There's gonna be times of loneliness. There's gonna be times where you're like, I am the worst person in the world. I should go back to Dallas. I should go back to Vacaville. I should go back to Yolo, California, and just, <laughs> just, just admit to myself that I'm, I'm just not good enough. And you know you have to have that person you can call and just go, hey man, I'm I'm I I I feel like crap. Like I need something, you know. I think that that's a dangerous thing with social media is you see people showing their highlight reel, and so it's so easy to be like they look like they're having an awesome day, and I feel the worst. <laughs> and like remembering like every one of those people is probably feeling incompetent and insufficient in some way. So we all need each other, and so don't like. Don't be like, well, so-and-so is doing this. It's like everybody's trying so hard to be like, look, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, because we're all trying to just do it. It's hard. It's really – it's the – I'll say this. If I had known how hard it would be, I may not have tried. But I'm glad I did because I didn't know, and so here I am. So. <laughs> After Kurt filmed that photo, that video of him putting a Batman mask on his cat, <laughs> did he cry? Did he cry? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think it's it's really important to remember. I think going back to kind of that uh, idea of paying people to work, I think is, is collaboration. Like, don't be afraid to collaborate for free uh, because you don't know what's going to come out of it. You don't know what great things. Yeah, build your family. You know, I always, we, my buddy Eric and I, 
shout out to Eric. Always always talk about that. Like, you know, we got our kind of family of people like we'll show up and do anything for. But then you also have your more professional kind of uh, uh, persona where if it's somebody outside of the family that like, you know, yeah, so-and-so contacts you through like six different referrals. You say, well, okay, here's what I can work for. But then have those people that you're willing to just do anything. You need, you need both those. You need really need both. And then have some, have some friends where you can have a night where you don't talk about acting or anything. Yeah. So you can just be a person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, my whole start in Los Angeles, I was here two weeks, heartbroken. I had just gotten out of a relationship and I just needed to be in a place of creativity and I knew this guy who had done improv with my brother. He was living down here. And I just saw a post on Facebook saying, would anyone like to be a stage manager? There's no pay or anything like that, but we, we need a stage manager for a Commedia dell'arte show. Mm-hmm. I'm there. Right. And I knew, I just said, this is my friend. Right. And I just said yes to that opportunity. And from there came a whole summer of doing theater at this uh, right. company in downtown LA. Right. And it was the best experience because I, it was that first inspiration of making friends, building relationships. Right. And well, even like, that's why I say there's something to be said for investing in yourself. You know, anybody involved in buffering, nobody made a dime. We only paid into it. Like we are all, we are all in the red from that show. And it's one of the most incredible valuable things I've ever done that gave me that gave me more than anything I spent and so I don't know you just can't think of it in terms of money it's like well what are you getting out of it you know when they when they asked like I said it was like you want to come do a thing in somebody's living room it's like sure and it became the thing that made me go I think I could do I think I can be a writer I always wanted to be I didn't know I could be you know so I had no idea it was gonna I had no idea that was gonna happen no idea you know it was just a free thing that I did so uh, any final tips for surviving L.A. that you want to give out to the wonderful people that are listening to this show right now? I would just say, and I said this in the last kind of uh, episode segment, yeah, episode, just really making sure you, it's tough, it's easier said than done, but finding something you're passionate about. Because because if all, you're, if all you have going is waiting on other people to give you opportunities, it'll crush your soul. But finding something you really love doing and like, making it a priority again not even if it makes you money but doing it because you need to do it you know for me that is uh fighting for the time to make a podcast or fighting for the time to go do a musical not because i'm going to profit from it but because i need that because that's what i came here to do and if i'm not doing that if i'm not prioritizing uh the reasons that i got into this in the first place uh I don't know why I'm here, you know? So prioritize the things that you're really passionate about. Don't, don't make excuses for them. Like prioritize them, make them, make them happen. Let, like you said, ask, let people know what your priorities are. Put it out there. Say, I, this is what I want to do. I'm doing a thing. Tell the world. You'd be surprised. Sometimes people will go, I want to help you with that. You never know. Absolutely. Um, anything you want to plug before we, uh, um, yeah, you can check out, I guess, my podcast, uh, which is just Story Matters. Uh, we're on just storymatterspodcast.com. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. I don't know. What are all the platforms you can find? <laughs> you can look it up. Um, Monophone. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, and I'm doing weekly episodes every Sunday. I got some really great stuff, uh, really wonderful artists you can listen to talk about their stories and their process. And uh, what else do I have going on? And you have a Patreon, correct? There's a Patreon, yeah, which is great. You can uh, get access to some behind-the-scenes stuff and, and uh, do some group hangouts and video chats and stuff like that, which is a lot and, of fun. Uh, and if people want to reach out to you on social media yeah. and everything like that. Uh, you can find me just uh, at Kurt Mega, C-U-R-T-M-E-G-A on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, and then the best way to contact me, even though it's not like it is me, uh, you can always email me at storymatterspodcast at gmail.com uh, or uh, you can Facebook message me uh, or even I think you can message on Tumblr. There's a lot of ways you can message people nowadays. So, uh, His yeah. address is? You can just show up at my doorstep. Uh, uh, now, just to let everybody know, Hollywood Hustle is now a Patreon supporter of Story Matters oh, as of this evening. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so uh, much. So wow. We're, uh, we're, we're going to be in those Google Hangouts just plugging our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. But no, I think uh, it's... Well, now know, I'll join Daniel in commenting on everything. Yes. Uh, no, it, 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 honestly, I, I think Patreon's really cool because you get to support people who are putting their own effort into something. And if you love it... yeah. Support it. Give it. Yeah, I mean, ten dollars, five dollars, two dollars a month. Yeah, I mean, if you can do it, do it. Because I'm currently, it's so cool. I'm currently backing like several podcasts and several artists that I just really love and believe in. And, and I think the thing with me doing a Patreon is I, I didn't want to do like a, I need this or else it's not going to happen. It's really the kind of thing where I go, if you find value in this, in in what I'm doing, and you feel like it's something you want to want to contribute to. That's great. And if not, it's not, it's still a thing that you can have, you know, I just, I didn't want people to feel the pressure of that. So, uh, you know, and that goes to defraying the cost of equipment and production and all that stuff. But yeah, check it out. Storymatterspodcast.com. There you go. Um, so one of the things I love to do for the, my podcast, uh, it's something I did a long time ago. There's a pl- place in the internet. It's called MySpace, yes. And, uh, <laughs> after Friendster before Facebook. And, uh, one of the things MySpace had was ridiculous, useless quizzes, that you could spend at least an hour of your time either putting X marks or answering in long form. MySpace was especially important in my life because that's how I book Glee. There you a go. MySpace contest. There you go. So MySpace is very special in my heart. I tell my, I'll tell students, I'll say MySpace and they'll go, what? And I'll go, oh, I'm so old. I don't know what that is. But yes. Useless. Also the music that would blare when you open someone's profile. And it'd be like John Mayer or something. Yeah. Like, I want you to love me. Oh, this is just a sad profile. Oh, when people started be like but, neon but then, like graphics. But, but just... the worst thing is back then is when computers weren't as good as they are now and people would deck out their profile. So it would take an hour for a profile to Just to load. like put the sidebar to <laughs> yeah. load. They would have an entire playlist of songs thinking that you would be on their page for over an, an hour. hour. Just listening. listening to all their songs. What's music. next on the playlist? <laughs> um, I remember how cool I thought I was when I found out how to do that. Um, but anyways, I found uh, on the internet a 167 question MySpace quiz with Fan-tastic. useless questions that will only give insights for meaningless knowledge about Kurt Mega, which I'm sure there's millions of fans out there who are dying to know this useless knowledge I'm so excited. about Kurt Mega. So I asked Kurt before we started recording to pick six numbers at random uh, between 1 and 167. Uh, he did that. He has not heard any of these questions. True. Uh, so these are just really going to be the first time. They're ridiculous and useless, but they're so much fun. So first question, how tall are you? I am five foot whatever height you want me to be for your role. And what does it say on your five foot nine. <laughs> uh, have you ever kissed someone and regretted it? Um. Yes. <laughs> the swerve there. I, I was literally about to say no, and then I was like, yes, I have. Okay. Well, no. 
I didn't regret it at the time, but then later it blew up in my face. It like became like a thing. I went, that was a terrible. It set off a whole chain reaction of awful things. (laughs) Uh, Shy or outgoing? On the surface, outgoing. Although I think a lot of people, I am actually very shy about certain things, but a lot of people don't know that. It's kind of like a I don't know. I have a demeanor and a persona that's very like, hey guys. But I think internally I'm much more introspective than people. Next might time expect. I want that guy. On the hey guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very introspective oh, though. I, Sounds like I, a '90s punk rock yeah. singer. <laughs> hey man, um, have you met someone who has changed you in the past month? Ooh, the past month. Oh, that's a tough one because I feel like that's, I'm gonna, deep, man. Sometimes it's like tell, oh, tell man, you I feel like I'm gonna like blow tell it. Tell us about Pythagorean theorem. The people I'm thinking of that I've met more recently have all been more recently than a month, but... Last person you met that changed, that, that changed you in some form of way, or inspired Okay, inspired. I'll say inspired me. I just worked on a pilot of a show called The Get on CBS, and I got to work with Bridget Carpenter, who wrote for Friday Night Lights, and she writes a lot of theater. And uh, I, I knew her work, and it was just... It was really cool because she was working with uh, Amy Branneman, who from the leftovers and all these shit. And she, that's who I had the scene with and seeing them work and seeing like a writer come in in the middle of a take and be like, what do you, what do you think of this line? And then Amy being like, what about this? And just like watching a creative relationship work and seeing like two women who I so respect at the height of their craft, just like collaborating and just like, I don't know. Like I remember like just watch them on set and I was like, I don't want to be like them. <laughs> so yeah. And it's like made me, I've like really started like, following her work more closely so that's just like somebody creatively that i kind of like she wouldn't remember me probably but i got to meet her and i was very uh yeah i was very impressed by her oh, look for kurt on the new episode that new series get the get, the get. if it gets picked up <laughs> we'll see. um all right second to last question do you tan a lot i don't tan at all <laughs> i have uh known a lot of people with skin cancer and uh, like multiple people that I know have had skin cancer. And I, as a kid, I grew up as a swimmer and I got tons of sun and I actually like don't tan at all because I, I try to get sun every day. I try to get like 15, 20 minutes of sun, but I never, I, I could care less about being tan. Uh, funny story. When I was working on the get, there was somebody who was like a, uh, <laughs> like a background actor, which is no slide against background actors, but we were sitting there and the makeup lady came over and the lady was like, the background actor was like, oh my God, you were so pale. You look like you're sick. And I was like, oh, excuse oh me? And she was like, he looks good, but you look terrible. Like, and she like went on and on and on and on and on about how pale I was. And I was like, well, she's like, you should go in the sun more often, honey. And I was like, well, you know, I, uh, I've actually known people that have had skin cancer. She's like, no, let me tell you. My doctor says cancer comes from inside of you. The sun doesn't give you cancer. She's like, I tan every day. And this woman was like baked. <laughs> like leather baked? Uh, yeah. Like and I was, it was just like a weird thing. Where, like she went on for like 10 minutes about how pale I was. Till finally I was like, shut up. <laughs> just, just tell her you're Irish and that's, that's it. So I, I don't, I don't tan at all actually. Uh, okay. And the last question, I think this is a good one. Uh, yeah. Have you ever bought condoms? Uh, not only have I bought condoms. I thought you were going to say no. <laughs> no. Not, I don't believe in I them. I pay, I pay a homeless man $50. I don't believe in them. I have a wonderful story about buying condoms. I'm so glad you asked me this. This, this is a Kurt this Mega is a, exclusive. I'm, this is one of my favorite stories ever. 
In fact, it's so good that I might do a whole episode of Story Matters on no, it. No, no, no. This is our thing. <laughs> we own this now. I used to work at a theater company in Dallas, and I was the tech coordinator. I, were, I was there for years as the student, as a student, and then I became a tech coordinator. It was my first job out of high school. And I, was, I did the lighting design. I built set, and I was also the sound engineer. And so we ran for our big musicals. We'd run 12 to 18 laughs, like wireless lav mics. And because actors get sweaty, we would use condoms to put the microphones inside the condom because they do a really good job of keeping moisture both from coming out and getting in. And you'd literally like pull it apart, stick the mic in it, and then like shove it into the um, like little mic belt. So <laughs> I went to the store. And at this point, I had never bought condoms for any reason. And I remember going to the store the first time, and my boss was like, I need you to go get a box of condoms. I was like, oh, I can you do that? He's like, no, I need you to do it. And he was much older. And I was like, I, I couldn't, I didn't like want to tell him that I'd never had, I'd never had any need for them. Let's just put it that way. And so I remember going to like Walgreens and he was like, now I want you to get the 36 pack. <laughs> so I had to get a, I got ever, I got like the giant economy 36 pack and like walking up and like checking out with it. So that was embarrassing enough. But the best part was, I would always get the mics preset before the show. And I was sitting there opening night and I had a box of condoms on the stage open about 15 condom wrappers on the stage as I'm like shoving mic packs in. And I had a mom and her little daughter walk in. They got to the theater early and they were like in the show. And just the look in the mom's face as she walked in and just looked over and just saw like all these open condoms. And I was like, Oh, I'm, this is for the, and just the look in her face. Was, this is for after the show. No, wait. <laughs> uh, so have I bought condoms? Many, 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 many. Well, many I don't know condoms. how we can beat that. Uh, that's yeah. fantastic. Thank you so much for being on. We'll You're hope, very hopefully welcome. We can have you back in the future. Uh, I have to have you guys in Story Matters. Oh, stay tuned. Well, thank you again so much, Kurt. Megan, Psych, everyone. I just recorded this entire episode on Story Matters. <laughs> no! You I'm, gonna, about recording. How dare you? I'm gonna release it next week. Like, what if I just had a, like a a little hidden mic? <laughs> Why is there a microwave in here? Uh, but no, again, thank Call you back. so much, uh, Michael. Thank you as always. Thank you, Kurt, for being on the show. You're very welcome. Fantastic. And uh, back to you, Michael and Daniel, in the studio. Thank you, Daniel, for that awesome throw. That was a fantastic conversation. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think I, 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 I love having this time to just go around and chat with friends and, and people in the industry because it's just, you, we could have gone all night. Exactly. I mean, there's only so much that you and I can prepare in terms of research. Whereas with this, it's just a more relaxed, open discussion. And we'll, we go think places where we wouldn't have thought that we would have been able to talk about. And, that's why I love the idea of uh, when Kurt brought up that quote from Amy Poehler of treating your career like a bad boyfriend. Yeah, absolutely. I thought, I thought that was a very fun way of of looking at one's career that sometimes, yeah, it's not going to treat you right. It's not going to call back. It's you know going to leave you stranded high and dry for a while. And to just know that you have to keep on doing your own thing mm-hmm. about it. I love talking about food. That's always fun. Uh, that was a great conversation. Uh, <laughs> it's always nice to talk about food. Um, you know, I really liked about how 
about you know collaborating and how relationships are important mm-hmm. um, in LA, and I think I, I that's something that I know I've really tried to work on a lot over the last uh, over this year, and um, you know I, I know me you know we t- and we'll talk about this in the, the next. Uh, set of episodes, but you know, meeting you was a really big thing, and 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 for me, and and moving here, you were really one of the first like non-Texas friends that I made here, and and so yes, you can see how much that's developed, you know, just by us doing this podcast together after three years, almost four years. Well, exactly, and when we talk about relationships, it's it's not even it doesn't always mean like specifically, uh, you know, Dan- Daniel and I being best friends, uh, you know, or our significant others, but to view people in the industry as a relationship, not just as a connection, whether they're an agent or a casting director or a filmmaker, that we want to approach that as a relationship, as you would want to treat a friend. Don't go up to someone and expect them to do something for you. Be in service of of people. And I know that's something that Kurt also uh, talked about of, you know, just going in and being a problem solver. That's one of the other aspects about, you know, I know he talked a lot about that in part one and act one of uh, our interview with him, but going in and being a problem solver of, of being a team player and knowing that, you know, you're not in the spotlight. You're, you're just a part of a bigger picture. That's a moving uh, piece in this entire industry. Absolutely. Go into a relationship for the friendship, for the support um, but I will say to kind of as an asterisk to that, mm-hmm. once you build a relationship and it is a solid friendship, don't be afraid to ask. Oh, absolutely. You know, for things because you never know, like if they may not even think about you doing something or helping out if they're putting something together and go, hey, do you mind? Can I be a part of this? That's not a bad thing. You're not inviting yourself. They can say no. And hopefully you have a strong relationship by then that you can handle them saying no. But, you know, that's part of this, this city is you have to be okay with asking for something, but don't try to use somebody. Build relationships, build friendships, and then all work together to make whatever dreams you have come true. Absolutely. And if you, the listener, have any uh, thoughts about anything that was brought up during Act 2 or even Act 1, please uh, let us know. Email us. Uh, Hollywood Hustle Podcast at gmail.com. Now, coming up next, uh, we're going to have our first Team Hustle episode series that will be dropping tomorrow, Wednesday, June 7th, in which you're going to hear more about our individual journeys of us coming to Los Angeles, as well as finding out how little we actually know about one another. It's surprising and sad. And I'm just going to build up the suspense right now. Some new nicknames are revealed <laughs> that were not real nicknames before. They're gonna, you're, you're gonna learn a lot about us, and hopefully, some things I'll just say stick from the sex episode <laughs> because it's fantastic. Uh, once again, the first part is us talking about our five favorite things in LA. It's a really great discussion, I think, of just getting an idea of LA and what is here and awaiting you if you're just thinking about moving here. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael has some really great specific suggestions. Um, I talk more in the general, which I think works on both sides, yeah. and it's fantastic. And then the second part that will also be released tomorrow uh, is where you'll really find out some interesting things, and we found out some interesting things about each other exactly. as well. Uh, also, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Remember, we have that contest going right now. If you leave us a review next week, we'll draw a random name. You'll win a $25 gift card. Um, an Eric Carroll photography original, uh, eight by eleven, eight by ten, eight by ten. This is Los Angeles. No. There's no eight by eleven. <laughs> They're getting an extra inch. <laughs> um, 
uh, a signed photograph from our marketing uh, photo shoot. And then you also have a chance to be on our website, whether it be with your acting reel and resume or if you have a, a, some sort of business you want to promote. So make sure you do that. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and add us to your favorites on SoundCloud and Stitcher. Exactly. And there's other ways to reach out to us. We are on social media on Twitter at LA HustleCast, Instagram at Hollywood Hustle Podcast, and we're also on Facebook. And again, if you have any thoughts, you know, if you have questions that you would like for us to ask Kurt Mega, go ahead and shoot them over to us, Hollywood Hustle Podcast at gmail.com. And make now, sure, so sorry, make yeah. sure you visit us. We do have a website. Uh, we say it at the end of the episodes, but I just want to make sure that some people don't listen all the way there. Go to Hollywood Hustle Podcast.com. Yes, and as you know, we had an amazing amount of support to help kickstart this podcast into reality, and we have a special group of people that we'd like to thank again for their generous contributions, Douglas Steinberg, Deanne Cauley, Taryn and Zach Carter, and J.D. Dashty of 2 Dashty Properties in Dallas, Texas, Linda and Walter Easton, and Babs and Philip Benj, uh, and Billy... uh, Matthews. 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 Uh, Matthews. Yeah, spelling errors. Uh, (laughs) Wonderful Tuttle family. My, my apologies for misspellings. Um, but we do want to say real quick, a big thank you to Kurt Mega for yes. taking time. He invited us to his home, let us come in, gave us some great coffee. We chatted. And some awesome Star Wars mugs. Some awesome Star Wars mugs. Showed us some funny YouTube videos. It was a blast. Uh, he's a great guy. Check him out. IMDB, Kurt Mega. He's, he's, been, a, he's also on Twitter, at Kurt Mega. Mm, absolutely. Or watch Glee. You'll see him whenever yes. the Warblers pop up. He's usually there. <laughs> and, but it's also just remember when you're rewatching those episodes of Glee to think t- and to put your place in his shoes and not knowing if ever he you would be back absolutely. on the show. And that every time they invited you back, it was one more time <laughs> we get to have our final chance on the show. Absolutely. And, and also Buffering is still on YouTube. Go f- search it out. Buffering the series. Uh, it's a great, funny uh, uh, series. I was following along. A lot of my friends are in it, and it's it's excellent. Yes, and then, of course, his podcast, Story Matters with Kurt Mega. Thank you so much, everyone. And as always, remember, keep up the hustle. This episode of Hollywood Hustle Podcast was hosted by Daniel Tuttle and produced with Michael Lutheran. Kel Torados is our sound engineer, and Mike Tobias edited our website. For more information about the show, visit our website, hollywoodhustlepodcast.com.